Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And here we go. He is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, and we are off and running on a Monday. Thank you for those that are already on board awaiting that. We appreciate it because it was a big weekend in sports and a big, big weekend for Tennessee and the recruits they had in on campus were absolutely fantastic. So Caleb Jaru will join us a little bit later, and we'll visit with him about the Big Visit Weekend for 2024. Also, former ball Fred White will join us. Looking forward to that as he's going to be a regular contributor. So he'll join us and play safety for the balls. And Caleb, I'm going to give you a quick tip. Don't ever call him an overachiever. That really rubs him the wrong way because he will quickly remind you that overachievers didn't have a great amount of talent and that overachieved. He ran a 10 200 meter out of high school, and um, he was asked to put on weight and play outside of his position because depth at cornerback. So just don't call him an overachiever because when Fred gives you that look, you will be a little scared, even though there will be a computer screen in between you and me. Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> Sounds good. I would, I, I've never really called someone directly an over, overachiever, though, That, but I, I don't know if I – I can't think of a time I spoke with one that's that's a known overachiever. So I meant it as a compliment, but um, yeah, it is remarkable though to think of him when you think of that secondary back in '98. You had uh, guys like Dion Grant, and you got had guys like Dwayne Goodrich, and um, Fred was the one that was asked to put on weight and play safety. Uh, he, I think, he could have played cornerback had he stayed at a lighter weight. But we'll talk to him about all that, and uh, we're looking forward to that, and just kind of. His thoughts on the balls last year. We've got a lot of monster topics we're going to get into 
today, and uh, we might even uh, talk some Georgia as uh, Stetson Bennett got cuffed and stuffed over the weekend. Of course, the NFL has determined its playoff participants, and I was a little bit disappointed. It seems like every time, I don't know about you, Caleb, but it seems like every time I settle down, I've got the family together, and we've got food, and um, we're excited to watch football, that those are the games that end up goofy and one-sided. And it wasn't one-sided in the Chiefs game, but I was hoping for overtime. But we do have a former ball in Trey Smith that'll be a part of it. Derek Barnett on the Eagles is hurt, but we'll talk about him. And some of the balls that just kind of missed out, they were good enough to play on elite teams, but they didn't during the decade of dysfunction. Uh, Also, coming up, we'll have uh, Tennessee basketball why they won't reach the final four because i don't see that happening this year despite what happened over the weekend so let's go ahead and start if we may with the the balls that were a part of the decade of dysfunction and that specifically uh, harkens back to trey smith and uh trey smith is a fantastic player he was fantastic at tennessee he had the blood clot issue other than that He's probably a two- or three-time All-SEC performer. I don't think there's any question. But what I want to ask is what balls were underutilized or at least uh, didn't shine as they would have had they been a part of a better era of Tennessee football. So he is certainly one of them. It's brought to you by Guardian Investment Advisors. Guardian Investment Advisors. Thanks to the fact that we can do video sharing like this right here, you can get the absolute best financial advice from Guardian Investment Advisors, GIAplantoday.com, GIAplantoday.com. Check them out. They'll show you where to put your money and why. So Trey Smith certainly one of those. And I I say this um, with no hesitancy, but also some reverence. I think he could have started on some of the absolute best offensive lines in Tennessee football history. Uh, He is remembered as a diamond in the rough because of what Tennessee went through in the 2000s. Um, How good do you think Trey Smith uh, is, was, um, would have been regarded had it not been for the blood clots and had it not been for the fact that he played on a, a team that had a whole lot of issues? And then we'll get to some other balls as well. Yeah, if he's in any other era, we're talking All-American. Um, let's not forget, he started every game as a true freshman on the worst team in Tennessee football history, which was the 2017 team, the most mismanaged, most pathetically run team in history, the team where where Butch Jones just straight up melted down under pressure and would make up lies to the media like, my player wasn't injured from a fight, he fell on a helmet, and that's how he got stitches. But So we're talking about that level of, pathetic coaching that Trey Smith was stuck under. Um, One of the reasons that held him back, it wasn't just the blood clots. People forget this. In 2018, Jeremy Pruitt came in, and because of lack of depth at left tackle, Trey Smith was forced to move over to left tackle, which Trey Smith is not a natural left tackle. He's a natural guard, as everybody knows. And he was still en route to an all-SEC season before blood clots cut short his season. Um, And so I think and so he moves back to guard in 2019 when Darnell Wright and Wanya Morris arrived and he stayed at guard the next two years. But Trey Smith himself, uh, he was the ultimate team player, by the way, blood clots in his lungs 
had some health issues and still chose to come back for his senior season because he made a promise to his late mom that he would graduate college. That's just an amazing story. I would have been the first one to say, go get your money in the NFL. Well, I would have been the first one to say, don't play football. If that's my son, you know, I, I would have said, don't play football. Uh, blood clots are a scary thing. Let's keep track of this, live a normal life. But that's just me being overly protective as a dad. Um, and I, I thought at the time, I was like, and the worst thing, you remember Charles Hathaway? He suffered those in his calves. And uh, that may be a little bit before your time. Do you remember him? Big I know of him because I know that loaded Tennessee basketball team that Jerry Green mismanaged in 99, 2000. And I know he was right. part of that. Well, he had blood clots in his calves. And I was just like, don't play, don't play. Because the, the blood clot medicine can sometimes lead to issues too. So, you know, with athletes that have to be at their elite level as, as a dad, I'm just like, just don't play, just don't play. Um, so diamonds in the rough balls in the decade of dominance that are overlooked or didn't get their due because they played on bad teams already. Uh, no surprise, Travis and Smoky Mountain Red threw out there Alvin Kamara. I, I don't know of a better example because here's a guy who was, I believe he hit all pro a couple of times. And the thing that Alvin Kamara that just blew me away is the fact that he goes to junior college. And what do we always say when you go to junior college? You go to junior college for a reason, correct? There's something right. wrong. And so he went to junior college, and then he went to Tennessee. Always had a smile on his face. Caleb didn't care that he should have gotten many, many, many more touches than he did. And he saved his tread for the NFL. Never griped about not getting as many touches. Had as good of a attitude as anybody on that team when I thought he was getting the short end of the stick. Alvin Kamara, to me, is number one in that decade of dominance of guys that were diamonds in the rough that would have been stars on other teams and gotten more pub had the team been better. Yeah, and it was, for, for Kamara, you're right, it was a combination of the team being a disappointment, but also the coaches just grossly underutilizing him. And I think that had a lot to do with, remember, you talk about the politics of Butch Jones trying to inflate recruiting uh stars for players and he was his prized possession his star recruit that helped sell him early at tennessee was jalen hurd um who turned out to not be a quality five-star kid not 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 a quality kid not not five-star quality talent i want to be fair to him on that and butch jones insisted on jalen hurd getting as many or more carries than kamara hurd was one kamara was better but two, Hurd as a power back was not a fit for Butch Jones's system and what he was doing. Yeah. And but you know Jones was so committed to that, and it was just a really rough situation. If you guys remember, Hurd transferred out in the middle of 2016, and that's when Kamara really started to shine. But yes, Kamara was just—I mean—that's the most standout one. Um, and. Uh, and I agree with Smokey Mountain Red. Dobbs bailed out Lyle Jones over and over. He absolutely did, and Kamara was part of that. That Dobbs-Kamara backfield was just unbelievable. By the way, there were a couple of other underutilized stars on that team. Uh, Dobbs, one of his his go-to receiver was Josh Malone. His other one was Juwan Jennings. And so that's another one you can name. That Some of that couldn't we blame on uh, Juwan, who, who had – Maybe rightly so. I mean, we always want to side with the coaches, I think, in, in some of these regards. But he came out to Vanderbilt week and said, I want to play quarterback and went on the social media tirade. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, if he's at another school that's having success or at Tennessee in the 90s, he there's no question he's an all-SEC top receiver, right? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I thought San Francisco, by the way, should have put him in at quarterback yesterday after they were down in their third stringer because Juwan Jennings didn't work out. I thought that too. I was surprised that it was Christian McCaffrey who was the emergency, emergency quarterback instead of uh, Jawan Jennings. Who else in that decade of dysfunction do you look back at? And I want to remind everybody, please, if you're on board, hit the like button. Uh, it greatly helps us reach more people. And if you'll hit the subscribe button, if you haven't yet, we want to be a part of your day-to-day. We're here with you at 10 o'clock each and every day, Eastern, uh, talking balls and the SEC and making South Carolina fans mad. <laughs> so uh, as they are very upset with us on our YouTube channel, you can check that out. And today coming up, we'll have visits with Tennessee tight end Jacob Warren and Tennessee offensive lineman uh, Cooper May. So we'll look forward to that. So who, who else – um, do you look at? I would say to some extent, even though he had success, but it was he wasn't successful each and every season. Josh Dobbs falls somewhere in that category in my mind. I think if he plays at another time with a better team, he's a, more of a standout quarterback. But you you like Josh Dobbs' career quite a bit, don't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've said 2016, Josh Dobbs is the second most productive season in Tennessee football history for a quarterback, only to Peyton Manning's 1997 season. That's pretty good company to be in. Um, even Hendon Hooker's last two seasons, the Heisman campaign season this past year, didn't match Dobbs' totals. Skewed because Hooker got did get hurt um, in the third to last game of the year, but uh, it still stands. And I think that Dobbs, I don't I, see Dobbs to me the team success was underutilized with a quarterback like Dobbs, if that makes sense. But Dobbs himself, I would say, you know, he was a top four round draft pick. He got to start an NFL game and Dobbs was never to me when I watched him, he was never an NFL caliber quarterback. Um, I'm going to be honest. So it's hard for me to say that he was kind of a diamond in the rough. I look, I think with quarterbacks, a lot of it's intangibles. And I think Josh Dobbs has the best. Tennessee's been very blessed as we talked about a few weeks ago with, Two quarterbacks in Hendon Hooker and Josh Dobbs recently that have two of the two of the best intangibles of any quarterbacks in school history, particularly when they come on the heels of a ball that we might consider underutilized, but I don't know if we're going to agree on it, which is Tyler Bray, who I think had the absolute worst intangibles ever in the history of quarterback play at Tennessee football. I, I've never heard of a quarterback, and it's going to lead us into Stetson Bennett. I've never heard of a quarterback getting in trouble twice in college um, at, at Tennessee. That's typically a leadership position. You don't see that happen. So um, I don't know where he, if he fits into the underutilized or not, but the guy has just a massive amount of talent. Uh, I, did, did you mention uh, Derek Rogers? Uh, I did not. I just thought mainly because Derek himself was kicked off the team, but he did lead the SEC in receiving and um, – uh, 2011, I believe, but I think that was more that Tennessee just had no weapons and was throwing him the ball all the time. And so I don't know if, um, I don't know if Derek Rogers, I don't know how I feel about Derek Rogers on that because, again, I think that he was, he, he a lot of that he did to himself, if that makes sense. So uh, d- during, during some of this time, um, I, I was uh, gallivanting. Uh, from 2010 to 2020, covering uh, prospects uh, for ESPN of, of, of all schools, not just Tennessee. 
So you you have a great grasp on this. And what other diamonds in the rough were there? And if you want to get on the message board, uh, go ahead and share those with us as well. What other diamonds in the rough were out there uh, that didn't reach their full potential or uh, publicity because of the fact that the team wasn't good? Travis said Eric Berry's brothers always seem to not get a fair shake. What are your thoughts on that? I disagree. Evan Berry was an All-American kick returner at Tennessee because Butch Jones, to his credit, emphasized special teams. Um, and I, we watched Evan Berry play safety. He couldn't. He, he couldn't get the nuances down of safety. He was just a kick returner. It was. He would. That was all he was. It was like Leonard Scott, by the way, back in the day. Remember when they tried to plug him in at receiver and he couldn't do anything but just return kicks. That was literally all Leonard Scott could do. And. Okay. And get wide open. I think I told you before, if they played with a javelin instead of a football, he'd be great. Yes, that's true. It would just just stick right to him, and he'd never drop a pass. Oh, so he's like, oh, the the replacements. Remember the replacements movie? The one guy that was really, really fast but couldn't catch, and they put all the stickums on his hand. Oh, are we talking about the Keanu Reeves movie? Yeah, the Keanu Reeves movie. You know that's roughly based on Tony Robinson. Yeah, I do, actually. I, I like to see if I can surprise you with my old age every once but the old. But the funny part is Tony Robinson didn't throw any touchdown passes in that game. Washington won in 1986 or 87, I think. No, where... but he threw a moon ball because I'm a Cowboys fan. He threw a moon ball that was uh, the receivers knocked out of bounds at about the six. Which that, I, and I swear Tony can say that he tried to hit that guy in stride. That was just throw it up, chuck it, pray for something <laughs> to happen. It was <laughs> But uh, not not to get too off topic because I do want to get to Stetson Bennett. But um, lastly, any any other diamonds in the rough that got overshadowed by poor record, poor performance by the balls in the 2010s? Yes, two key ones, um, both defensive backs. Justin Coleman, who's still in the NFL, by the way, um, he was the highest paid nickel in the NFL for a hot minute. And he was out for the year this year, but Emmanuel Mosley also labored on that 2017 team. Um, was not drafted. A lot of undrafted balls the last like 12, 13 years that have made it. Wasn't drafted. Worked his way to becoming a starting cornerback for San Francisco the first year they made the Super Bowl. And that he's he's got a great career ahead of him still. His best years are ahead of him in the NFL. And he turned out to be a better cornerback than Richard Sherman. And Sherman was in San Francisco. So watch out for Emmanuel Mosley to even further overachieve. Um, just approaching the decade, by the way, still in the NFL, but did play for Lane Kiffin. The greatest long snapper in history played for Tennessee, Morgan Cox. Morgan Cox. Um, a Pro Bowl long snapper again. I mean, guys, Tennessee it was punter you. Are they long snapper you? Are they special teams you? <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're punter you to some extent. Um, uh, some diamonds in the rough brought to you by Bassey Lawn and Garden. Bassey Lawn and Garden, I don't care if you're in Cleveland. I don't care if you're in Nashville, Chattanooga. It's worth the drive, especially when it comes to industrial mowers and it comes to commercial mowers because their buying power is able to restock your fleet or restock up your business. If that's what you want to get into and you can save money. OK, so let's switch gears a little bit over the weekend. Stetson Bennett proved to me why he will not be uh, an elite NFL uh, quarterback. And uh, that is a couple of things. One. Um, I've said this from the beginning. The guy seems like he's standing on 
uh, third base and thinks he hit a triple when in all honesty, he was walked around the bases. Um, I think he's marvelous in the fourth quarter. I don't want to take anything away from him and what he did, but um, the Georgia quarterback was arrested for public intoxication. Now that's not the end of the world. Trust me. uh, We've all done stupid stuff, Uh, but for pounding on doors and, uh, Stetson Bennett arrested and the coverage was through the roof. They had uh, you know, video of him coming outside of the jailhouse, which I thought was a little over the top. But we're talking about players nowadays that are more mature. They're getting paid in IL money, so you treat them a little bit different than we used to. So that's fine. I just thought the media coverage was strange. But the thing that stands out to me about Stetson Bennett is that he would have been reporting to the Senior Bowl on Saturday. He passed on the Senior Bowl. So he thinks he's too good for the senior bowl. And that's every man's decision. I get that. Hendon Hooker will be a part of it. But Stetson Bennett needs to be in the in the senior bowl. Stetson Bennett needs to be out there because he's got size working against him. Um, he he is not as talented as some quarterbacks that have had issues before him, like Johnny Manziel or Baker Mayfield. Stetson Bennett proved to me by the both the decision not to play in the senior bowl, which came last week. Uh, by his decision to put himself in a bad situation. Listen, you should, th- this is your, uh, uh, imagine if you could set up your your family's financial tree for generations. This is the most important four months in your life before they're after three and a half months. You have, this is where you should be in Arizona, someplace, alcohol, and I've got nothing against alcohol, alcohol, marijuana drugs anything should be the furthest thing from your mind and you put yourself in a position a position where you're intoxicated and you're beating on doors and let's be honest you have to be pretty intoxicated so maybe he was supposed to meet a girl or something i don't know why he was beating on multiple doors but at some point when the cops get there if you can hold your junk together and you can just say hey my bad i was looking for my girlfriend i'm sorry i'll just go home so you have to they'll let you go most of the time, right? So in this case, you had to be so intoxicated that you smarted off or something else, and they're like, hey, you gots to go. So straight to jail. Um, that, to me, is an incredibly bad sign of a guy that does not have the ability of a Baker Mayfield, um, does not have the ability of a Johnny Manziel. I don't expect him to have much of an impact in the NFL at all based off what I've seen the past week. Yeah, it's I- – I'm so mixed on this because I hate to be the old school guy of, oh, my God, you should never be caught drinking. You're a professional athlete. Like, I'm not that person. But I'm with you. It's it's one thing to, like, get arrested for public intoxication. When I first saw it and I saw he was in Dallas and I saw the video, which I, the, the, I only saw that clip of the video where they went after him. I'm sorry. My first gut reaction was TCU, Dallas. Is this just a revenge arrest? <laughs> you know, that was the first thing that came through my mind. But then I'm with you. When I read that he was banging on doors, on every door throughout a block, I'm like, okay, I get if you're 18 and you do that. Sets of it, it's 25. And I'm not trying to, like, say every person's situation was the same, but, like, I remember how stupid I was at 18 and how stupid I was at 25. And I was a heck of a lot smarter at 25 than I was at 18. And I think I was smart enough at 25 to know that even if I got totally hammered, I wouldn't bang on doors on every block. And... So, to me, to me, the timeline was a little bit different. I was still stupid at 21 or 22. But at about 22, 23 is when I got serious and said, hey, it's time to be an adult. And so, But, but anyway, that, that's kind of how society, I think, 
our American society raises us right now, Caleb, is that you're not really an adult until you get out of college, which we could debate whether or not that's good, bad, or indifferent. But you're right. It doesn't matter. He's past that point. He's done with his 18 years of college. He's, you know, he's probably has an AARP card. Uh, he's old enough to where you've just got to know better and not put yourself in that situation. And, and listen, I can guarantee you with NI, this is why we're going to judge college athletes differently than we did before. With NIL money and the money he's already gotten uh, from an agent, because he, I'm sure he's already signed, he could have the biggest, funnest party at his house on a Saturday night because he had a great week of training if he wanted to. He chose not to do that and put himself in a very bad position. I have, um, I have little, little optimism that Stetson Bennett will have a successful NFL career. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's not forget, you're right. He doesn't, not only does he not have the skill set of Johnny Mantell or Baker Mayfield, he's a heck of a lot older than him, too. No one's really drafting Stetson Bennett for a three year project. And that's a big, that's a big thing working against him. His best selling point would have been his character and his work ethic. That's the thing. That's why you and I probably both somewhat believe in Hendon Hooker that he has a chance. Now Hooker's got a lot of issues that he needs to work on. Not not personal, but just skill level wise for right. the NFL. But I think a lot of teams are going to take a chance on him, even though he's a bit older. Because even though he has those issues, they trust his work ethic. They trust his intangibles. We just talked about Tyler Bray. I thought Tyler Bray was the best NFL prospect to ever come out of Tennessee in football when you look at his arm. His arm was incredible. I've never seen it. I don't think anybody has ever had an arm like Tyler Bray at Tennessee. I don't know if you can name somebody, but he didn't even get drafted because of his intangibles. And if you want to include, if you want to include release time, that would put him over Joe Milton to me. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue with that point. I mean, as an overall quarterback, there were much better prospects. But as far as just natural, God-given arm-whip ability, I mean, he was right there. So, um, yeah, so that's it. I mean, Stetson Bennett, Georgia fans, sorry, he let you down. And he was your prize kid. He was a great story. He's the guy that you tried to run out. So just uh, now you can go ahead and you can go ahead and officially disown him if you want. If you want. He doesn't have any eligibility left you tried to get him benched on several several occasions and you weren't able to do that fred white coming up next former tennessee defensive back safety extraordinaire brought to you by our friends at big orange Phillies on maynardville pike maynardville pike is right in between maynardville and north knoxville so it's convenient to get to big orange Phillies is awesome check them out online at big orange Phillies, and all you have to do is go in there and realize it's a fun environment that's family friendly that has great tvs and also has uh, billiards, has darts, has everything you can imagine, including karaoke that uh, you can show off your singing skills. So if the game gets out of hand like that first game yesterday, you got something to do. Plan your Super Bowl party at Big Orange Phillies. Fred White in two minutes off the sports. Family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Inflation has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 
U.S. inflation calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli South subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at CCTIs.com. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So looking at the Stetson Bennett arrest. How much does this hurt his standing with uh, Georgia fans? Because I look at a guy like Buck Blue, who, to my knowledge, didn't have any issues with the law. Of course, back in his day, he played with Herschel Walker. They uh, turned uh, a blind eye to a lot of these things, and they didn't have body cameras where you had to report stuff. But 
Yeah, here's Buck Blue, who has a great job at 680 The Fan, where he shows up for a couple hours, talks about sports, and rolls on his merry way, and makes a pretty good dime doing it. And that that's the kind of thing that former players need to remember is that in current players, keep your nose clean while you're there, work hard, and if you're in an SEC program, you might not make the NIL, uh, the NFL, you know, you might not make the NFL, but you're going to have a pretty cush job waiting for you. So I wonder how Stetson Bennett will be viewed after this arrest, because this is a little bit embarrassing. And I, I made the comparison to Johnny Manziel, and I made the uh, comparison to uh, Baker Mayfield. Now, there's that's that's obviously a big, huge monster spectrum. I mean, Johnny Manziel completely melted down, was on drugs, was going to day parties in Vegas and looked like he lost a hundred of, you know, 200 pounds. Uh, and you, you do have a uh, Baker Mayfield who's still uh, competing in the NFL and uh, probably his cockiness hasn't helped him at all. But i tell you one thing that I really like about Hendon Hooker in that regard is, that there are going to be challenges. There are going to be challenges when you're that guy. And you know, Brock Purdy was that guy, and he led his team, the, the 49ers, all the way to the uh, conference championship yesterday. Joshua Dobbs was that guy, Caleb, but um, one point that faced challenges by not getting on the field. And it's how you respond to it. So it's not the end for Stetson Bennett. But if you had to predict which end of the scale he's on, Johnny Manziel being on one, and then Baker Mayfield still fighting, um, straighten his, his attitude up from all that I hear, where do you think Stetson Bennett is on that scale? From Baker Mayfield to Hendon Hooker? No, from uh, Johnny Manziel is a one. He didn't handle okay. it well at all. Baker Mayfield has had his struggles, but is still handling it. Oh, okay. I would say he's closer to the Baker Mayfield range. I would say four or five. I just think that this type of arrest is much more devastating for him than it would be for a Baker Mayfield or Johnny Manziel, both of whom won the Heisman, had more physical gifts, and were a lot younger than Stetson Bennett when they entered the league. Um, and Johnny Manziel, you're right. It, you know, which which Johnny Manziel scandal are we talking about? He And he rubbed the league's face in it, too. He was a wannabe Joe Namath. And, you know, never really made it to that level so yeah and he's not because i mean joe namath if, if you go back and read about uh joe willie i mean he he could do a three uh, 360 dunk uh back in the 60s and i remember uh, there was one coach that like offered him for football on the spot when he saw him do that he was an incredible athlete before his knees gave way uh so he's not going to be anywhere in that regard that's the thing that if i'm if I'm picking between, let's say I'm sitting somewhere at, I think Hendon Hooker and Stetson Bennett will be that second tier quarterback. And usually the second tier quarterback is kind of like a bit of a poker game going on. It's like, I want to take him, don't want to take him too high, want to take him, don't want to take him too high. And if I have to choose between the two, Caleb, um, I'm, I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker. Although Stetson Bennett's probably a better overall thrower athletically. As far as running the football, they're probably pretty close to the same. But I feel like Hendon Hooker's really well-grounded. Somebody tweeted me over the weekend and said he was coming out of jail while Hendon Hooker was at church. Well, I don't I don't know that's necessarily the case, and it's probably oversimplifying it. But there is some truth to that. I feel like that Joshua Dobbs and Hendon Hooker have one thing, one common theme, and that 
the upstairs, the mental capability to handle the bumps in the road that are going to come with any player in the NFL, any player, that Hendon Hooker is much more set from a mentality standpoint to handle that than Stetson Bennett. I'll be honest with you. Before he decided not to go to the Senior Bowl, before the arrest on Saturday night, Sunday morning, I would have taken Stetson Bennett if I were an NFL team. After what I have seen, I would have taken him over Hendon Hooker. I would take Hendon Hooker. I would take Hendon Hooker if I'm sitting in that third round and I want a potential project quarterback or I need a quarterback, just like the Brock Purdy thing, taking him late, maybe grows and blossoms into something. I'm taking Hendon Hooker over Stetson Bennett. How about you? Yeah, I, I am too. And I think we've seen enough evidence too that quarterbacks can somewhat learn a system fairly quickly if they have the right intangibles and work ethic um, and can improve fairly quickly. I mean, honestly, that's a that's a tale as old as time because who would have thought watching you know Tom Brady at Michigan in 99 that he would be ready to step in for the Patriots in 2001 and lead them to the Super Bowl? Well, that had all, all to do with what was right upstairs and nothing else. And you're right, you have more... I have much more faith in Hinden Hooker for that than Stetson Bennett. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, skipping the Senior Bowl seems like a bigger deal to me. But you're right, skipping the Senior Bowl, getting shwasted in Dallas when you should like this is the most important time of your career right now. Like just this three months, you know, we always talk about, you know, Stephen A. Smith always does to stay off the weed rant, and it's not like we're, it, it's not like he's ranting against marijuana. It's why are you jeopardizing your future to? do certain things at certain times. If you're Stetson Bennett, you're jeopardizing your future to go get wasted in Dallas for a weekend. Like, I, I don't care that you're getting wasted. It's just, it's, it's like Stephen A says when he's like, is it, I've never seen a joint worth $5 million. Cause that's what it might cost you. If you get, you know, fall on the draft or get suspended. I've never seen a, I've never remembered a night of getting wasted worth five to $10 million. I just, I don't know one. <laughs> I don't know one that's worth five or $10 million or $10 million to spend on. Cause that's what you might cost yourself. Yeah, and and it's it's funny getting to know uh, uh, Jacob and Cooper like I have. I mean, they they have a maturity that that I didn't have at that age, and they realize what's at stake for them. And I've never asked them specifically if they've had a beer. That's none of my business. But you just get the feeling that the the party vibe that used to be around the '80s and '90s, and even to some extent early 2000s football, has been replaced by a more professional vibe of these guys through coming up through travel teams and groups and, and working out in the summer that they realize what's at stake. And for Stetson Bennett, not to realize that at, at his age, is he 26? Is that right? 25. To not realize that is just befuddling. I mean, and I know Tom Brady's playing until he's 82 years old, but the, the chances are most quarterbacks won't. So then you have to ask yourself how many, how many years do you get out of him? I, I just don't understand why he would. And I'm speaking with maturity of an older man, and you're you're older than a, a high school or a college athlete. But I just don't understand when you've got all that laying out in front of you and you've got this four-month span, that you've got this three, four-month span where you can get yourself ready for the NFL draft. And it's not just that contract. It's the second contract. So that's what you need to be thinking. But – you don't get a second shot at that. You know, if you do a really bad job as, I don't know, uh, 
a, 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 a landscaper. You can uh, incorporate that puppy, you can declare bankruptcy and start a new landscaping company the next day. And you don't have that luxury as an athlete because the clock is always ticking. So, Caleb, to me, that was the the really disheartening, disappointing part about uh, Stetson Bennett over the weekend. Now, here's the other thing. Why is that so public? Because he's cocky on the field. And people like to see people that are cocky get knocked down a peg. And I don't have a problem with him being cocky on the field. But the reaction to him, I thought, was really strong over the weekend. So hit that like button. And uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, we certainly want you to do that. We're working on getting Fred White on board. So we'll do that here momentarily. And uh, Travis said, remember when Georgia fans made the shirts with Ainge mug shots on them? I do remember that. And I I mean, I thought that was pretty tacky at the time. Um, But let's be real honest. Uh, Eric likes to poke the bear. And he doesn't pretend to be a journalist. He's the guy that sits down in front of a mic and says whatever comes to his mind. And a lot of times he likes to get a reaction. And he called Stetson Bennett Bennett a punk earlier this year, um, I guess just a few weeks ago. And that made news. So I guess in in his mindset, in his world, that's that's the right thing to do to get more attention. Um, But yeah, I. Stetson Bennett, to me, b- before the weekend, came across as a guy that had a good chip on his shoulder, a guy that fought hard, a guy that um, got it done when it mattered. And uh, now if I'm an NFL team, I'm reevaluating his position altogether. It, it's it's more than just a black mark. At that age, you know, if he were 20 – okay, if he were Warren Sapp who got busted for marijuana and dropped to the 18th pick, I believe it was – if he were Laramie Tunsil, that the bong mask was out and he's 21 years old, that's something else. But you're a 25 year old man and you're going through all uh, you're, you're going through this and you're finding yourself beating on doors to the point that the cops are coming. And then this is the crazy part. I'm not saying avoid the cops, Caleb, but when you, you know, when the cops come, you need to put your head down and start walking the other way, not running, but walking the other way. When the cops question you, it needs to be yes, sir, no, sir. And there's something about Stetson Bennett's on-field persona that makes me very curious if that was the case. In fact, doubtful that that was the case. Yeah, I, I agree. There's, um, And you're right. It was, about, it was about his arrogance to a certain degree of a chip-on-your-shoulder arrogance, but then you do this and you humiliated yourself. You know, it's... It's very similar to we, you know, we all watched the AFC Championship game last night. Cincinnati did a lot of talking before that game last night, and I mean, you saw where the city decided to jokingly do a paternity test to see if Joe Burrow was Patrick Mahomes' father. Oh, and right. yes, yes, because they, they haven't lost to Kansas City before last night. I'm with you. I don't mind cocky. I don't mind talking a lot of trash, but you better back it up because you deserve every bit of smoke you're going to get. If you talk that trash and you don't deliver and, 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 and that's on the field and Stetson Bennett honestly talked a lot of trash for a quarterback that yeah, overachieved, but was also with a really, really loaded team. I mean, a loaded team. Yeah. He was standing on third and he thought he mm-hmm. hit a triple. Um, yeah. he had a lot mean, of, okay. So we, we've got Fred on 
Uh, I got to get this break in. Uh, I want to remind you that portions of the program brought to you by Zach England, the best of Brock. Zach's got your back. Best personal injury attorney in Chattanooga will go toe-to-toe with the insurance attorneys that do not want to give you your rightful sum of money in a personal injury case. So, Fred, give me two minutes, and we'll be right back with Fred White. Stay tuned. Don't forget about Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. It is vision care that you can't get anywhere else because they're local and they care. LASIK is fantastic, and they can do cataract surgery as well. And and just the you know month to month, year to year, week to week, whatever the case may be, I care. I love them. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. Fred White for Revolve up next. Sun, sand, and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place, unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the program. These, this is actually a mashup, well, three-way mashup here, of Fred White's favorite bands. <laughs> yeah, I did that for him. It's Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, and it's Run DMC. So if, if you had to rank those in your favorite bands, Fred, where would they be? Uh, Rolling Stones would be first. I like that. I like Run DMC though. That they, they, they will be my second for sure. <laughs> but Rolling Stones, yeah, you, hey man, you can't go wrong with Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want. Sometimes you get what you need. What you need. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I like the Stones, man. Who don't like the Stones? Oh, I mean, I mean wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. Hey, um, give a little background here. Uh, how much I love this guy, Fred White, and I've been doing radio for far too many years, and we're looking forward to exciting adventures on uh, Off the Hook. And uh, uh, Fred is fantastic because he, he he just always provides great insight and uh, is, is always honest. And Fred's just a great dude as well. And uh, I appreciate that, Dave. Well, and the other thing that uh, it, it, I really like about Fred is. Um, is the fact that at a moment's notice I could destroy him at Madden. <laughs> and it was, I've never seen a guy as tough as Fred cry, but I beat him so bad that there were tears. Let me say this. <laughs> he, he had one good weekend of playing Madden against me, and we never got a chance to play again. I think he had a cheat code or something. He had to have a cheat code. No, no, you're being nice. Here's what happened. It's 14, it's 14 to 14 and a half. I remember like it was yesterday. I'm thinking, man, I'm hanging. Uh, end of that game, it was 48 to 14. Next game, it was 58 to 3. And Fred just <laughs> dominated me. He was playing at some sort of level that I have never seen possible. I was embarrassed, disheartened, and... Um, I basically said I'm never playing you again. So that's that you sure you didn't beat me? I thought you beat me. Uh, no, I didn't. You did. <laughs> no, I, I remember. I remember specifically. Um, and uh, but that was uh, that, those were good times. And uh, Fred and I have, uh, have have known each other for a number of years. And uh, Fred's just a, a, a special, awesome dude. And and uh, by the way can offer you the best home auto and maybe even more. Fred, tell us about what you're doing now and how people can get in touch with you. Cause uh, listen, my wife works in insurance and I'm telling everybody not to call her, call you all stay. <laughs> you might have a problem when you get home, but don't put me in the middle of that. Thing. <laughs> she, doesn't, she, doesn't, she doesn't like sports. So she's never watched anything I've done. So it doesn't matter. Well, let me say this. First of all, how we know, Dave really got me started in radio. 
I can't remember how I got a phone call from you one day and asked me to come do a show on a Friday. And we did that show. I had never had so much fun in my life. It was amazing. And I got to say this real quick. John Adams was on that show. <laughs> and honestly, when I first got to that show and I realized John Adams was there, I was like, I'm not doing this. Because I didn't like John Adams at first. <laughs> Because John used to write stories about us, and it was, like, to the point. And it was like, oh, my God, this is, I'm on the show with John Adams, the guy we we listened to or read and didn't like. And I got on the show with him, and, man, it was amazing. It was – I started to understand him. I realized who he was, why he wrote what he wrote, and it made me be a better person on the radio because he gave me a lot of different tips. So – that's our history. That's how we started. It was supposed to be one Friday, and it went from one Friday to every Friday, which was amazing to me. And I, you know, thank you for helping me get on the radio. Thank you for helping me, you know, get a chance to do something I enjoy doing and love doing now. But what I'm doing at the moment, yes, I have an Allstate agency here in Atlanta. Um, we do home, auto, life, business insurance. Um, we could do pretty much. Our home insurance is very, very good, but we also give you great discounts when you bundle your home and your auto or your renters and your auto. Um, but we're willing to help anyone if you just have questions about insurance. I can only do business in the state of Georgia. However, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I can kind of help you with any plan that you have, regardless of which state you're in. Just kind of give you ideas or just information. A lot of times people don't know about insurance because they don't have the information or never actually asked the right information. So uh, if you guys have any time to reach out to me, my number is 770-381-0367. And myself and my staff will be happy to answer any questions you have. Great stuff. And we'll, we'll put that, if, if it went by too fast, we'll put that when we, we, we post all of this uh, on, on YouTube. So uh, be sure and hit that like button if you like uh, Fred being on the show. That brings more people into the channel. And for those of you that haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do so. Subscription uh, just continues to go up, and we love that even after football season is over. So, um, Fred, uh, any any insurance for uh, Stetson Bennett, uh, or does he just need legal fees now at this point? I mean, that was. Uh, I, think, I think he needs some legal fees at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> But I will say, I'm glad he wasn't driving a car because that would mean your insurance is getting ready to go through the roof. <laughs> it's very true. Um, well, yeah, I mean, being in it, being in Atlanta, um, and being around, I would imagine a, George, a lot of Georgia fans, even though Atlanta's so cosmopolitan. I mean, I, I, how do you think that's received by Georgia fans? Because I look back at it, and we've all made mistakes, and I get that, but. This is the most important three months of his professional football, of his football career, you could argue. Mm -hmm. It's a chance to get ready for the NFL draft, and here he's put himself in this predicament. And, you know, he already had size working against him. He had a lot of things, I think, working against him as far as from a talent scale. But now I see him get arrested, and I'm like, yeesh, if I'm in the fourth round, of them, we used this discussion before you got on. If I'm deciding between Hendon Hooker and Stetson Bennett, it ain't close. I'm taking Hendon. I'm going to take Henry regardless of what just happened. Um, I don't look at Stetson Bennett as saying he's a fourth-round pick. We had this conversation last night watching the games. Um, myself and Leonard Little and 
Al Wilson, Jamal Lewis, we all talked about the draft and where he's where he will be slated. I was the only person that thought he would get drafted. Wow. Everyone else in the room thinks he's not going to get drafted because of, for one, his intangibles. He's 5'10", 195, 200 pounds. Um, that's a small quarterback. And this, you know, you, you don't get too many Drew Breeses. Um, and we talked about how I heard you guys talking about this earlier, how he had a stacked team. You look at a, at a Georgia team that's been ranked in the top five recruiting classes for the last, I can't remember how long. I mean, even when Mark Rick was there, they were in the top 10 every year. Um, so I'm looking at it from the standpoint of the group of guys he played around. Now, I'm not going to ever take anything away from a guy who won two national championships back-to-back, and you did it in the SEC. And one of those was undefeated season. So I give him credit. I think he'll get drafted. Do I think him getting arrested hurts his draft status? No, because I didn't think he had much of a draft status in the first place. I think he's a – He's a second-day, third-day guy, seventh round. If he got lucky, maybe sixth. But I think he'll be a seventh-round draft pick. And I would draft him the hooker higher simply because what he did in the season, in my opinion, was just as impressive. It's always impressive you can win back-to-back championships. I don't care who you're playing. But individual talents. I'll take what Hinder Hooker did this year over what Stetson Bennett did this year when it comes to just intangibles and stats and those type of things because he did it with a recruiting class that was no higher than 15. You know, we haven't had a top 10 recruiting class in a long time at UT. For him to do what he did, no one actually expected it. None of us expected 10 wins this year. If you did, and I'm a, I'm a UT homer, you know that. I love UT. I pick us to win every game because I feel like there's a chance to win every game. However, I didn't see us at 10 and 2. So no, I'm I, happy with what we did. Great. Caleb? Yeah, Fred, I want to stay on this for a minute um, because it's funny because during the season last year, I was I made a habit of comparing Stetson Bennett to your old teammate, T. Martin, as a quarterback in the sense of, you know, they had, to, they had a bit of a chip on their shoulder. A lot of people didn't believe in them. Then they took over, and they had a lot of great talent around them, but they had to get them over the hump. But then I think, mm-hmm. you know, you compare their draft stock. One, T. Martin had way better measurables than, than um, Stetson Bennett. But at the same time, you could never see T. Martin getting into like getting into a situation like this, I feel like, what happened over no. the weekend. No, and no. he seemed like the most mature person ready to get drafted after 99. And it's – doesn't it seem like given – if you're having that chip on your shoulder, isn't it kind of important to maybe steer clear of getting into, getting into trouble like that? <laughs> well, I, I'll say this. He was in the state of Texas. He just whipped up on them. <laughs> on the, I mean, he just beat the crap out of those guys. I mean, I look at him getting arrested is probably because if they knew he was Stetson Bennett, and he was in the state of Texas. Somebody should have arrested him for what he did to TCU. I mean, he, he made those boys look bad. Now, had that been in Georgia, he would have never gotten arrested, ever. And I look at it from a standpoint. I don't look at them and say, I don't look at him and say, okay, you got in trouble. That's it. I think this is going to be blown under the wall. I mean, it's just, I don't think it's going to make a difference either way. I think it's draft status is his draft status, and that's pretty much it. He's shown to be a 
he's shown to be a kid that you could draft based on how he's acted uh, over the last two years. And he got in, he got in trouble. Yes, I get it. But I don't see him getting in really – I don't see it making that big of a difference. I mean, in a couple of years, a guy could run for office in the state of Georgia, and they love him that much here. So I don't see it hurting him as bad. Yeah, that um, maybe he just needs to avoid Texas for a while. Yeah, all of Texas, every last inch of it, because <laughs> I, uh, if he stays in Georgia, he's going to be fine. <laughs> I, I think it would take an extradition to get me back in there if I were him. Um, but he, um, well, let's look back at Tennessee season because uh, that's more important than than Stetson Bennett. I'd say they're about probably. I'm going to roughly say there are 50 quarterbacks that could have won a championship with that team. I'm not taking anything away from you either, but I, I maybe 25. Let's say 25. But anyway, um, so you, you mentioned you were surprised. I had Tennessee at nine wins. I certainly didn't see uh, 11. Was there a point? Uh, I mean, the easy one's Alabama. You can take that if you want to. But was there a point where you saw that, whoa, um, this team has a certain belief, and you, you've been through this, and mm-hmm. it is. Um, has a certain belief, a certain inner strength that could make them better than what we thought at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it, it was, I guess, first early part of the season, we beat Florida. That was like, okay. We kind of felt like we had an opportunity to beat Florida, you know. I think when it came down to that Alabama game and seeing us win that game, when the season started, we thought, I thought eight or nine wins. You beat someone you're not supposed to beat, but lose to someone you're not supposed to lose to. And it kind of actually happened that way. If you told me you'd be 10 and 2, you beat Alabama and beat Florida, but you lose to South Carolina, I wouldn't have told you that that would have been the, you know, that would have been the case. I would have, I wouldn't have predicted that. But after beating Alabama, you had to beat, we were on a high, knowing that, okay, if we didn't expect to win this game. No one expected for us to win this game. Now you really have a shot at going to the national championship. However, I will say this. You know, Dave, you know I keep it 100. I, I always – that's just who I am. I kept saying as the season was going, man, our defense hasn't played great. And they've they got some holes in it. I hope it doesn't show up in a big game, you know. And South Carolina happened. And the craziest thing was that I got phone calls from Deion Grant that weekend, that Wednesday. It was like, for some reason, this game scares me. Or at least three of my teammates called me to tell me that. Really? Jeff, yeah, Jeff Coleman, uh, Deion Grant, and Deron, and um, and Dwayne Goodrich. They all were like, man, I, I just don't know if we're going to show up. This is a hostile environment. It's a night game. These people are going to be drunk. They're going to be excited. And they got one of the best fan bases in college football anyway, South Carolina. Even though they don't win a lot, they pack the place out for the first half most of the time. They usually get discouraged in the middle of it somewhere and, and leave. But you got a rowdy group. No one is expecting for them to beat us. It was a trap game. And I kept saying, nah, we're going to win this one. I didn't go to the game. Like, I've gone to almost every game this past year. I went. The the two games I did not go to were the ones I know we lost. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I feel bad about it now. But I don't know if I could have took 
being in South Carolina Stadium and watching us get beat. But um, I, I, I kept saying, at some point, I hope our defense doesn't get exposed. And South Carolina exposed our defense. Now, we fixed it. You know, we got in beating Vanderbilt and also beating Clemson. I think our defense did a really good job. But that one game, they had a game plan against our defense, and it showed you every hole that we had on defense. So I'm glad we, you know, fixed it for the for the bowl game because going forward, everyone's going to look at that South Carolina game and think that's the way they can beat us. Fred, I want to uh, stay on that South Carolina game, funny enough, because we talked to Dave and I right after that game, and we both agreed. Um, one of the things that we feel like kind of led to that loss was leading up to the game, you know, Tennessee was in the college football playoff hunt, the 4-5 spot, and then you saw TCU barely win that afternoon. I think you saw Ohio State barely win, and, mm-hmm. you know, you're so focused on those other games that maybe it gets into your head a little bit on what you have to do. Does that sometimes have a factor in games? I know the year you guys won the SEC title in 1998, y'all were right there with Kansas State and UCLA that same day. Like, oh, which of us three? One of us is going to get left out. Kansas State and UCLA both lose. Y'all had to, y'all were in a dogfight with Mississippi State until the fourth quarter. Do you think that had an impact on the team against South Carolina? We're just, you know, wondering all day what was going to happen with these other teams that were in competition with them for that playoff spot. If, if that's the case, you're looking at the wrong thing. You should be focused on your game, honestly. Um, us playing against – we didn't care who won against Kansas State and um, I guess it was at Texas A&M. We didn't care who won against UCLA and Miami. We didn't care about it. We wanted to win our game. In order for us to get to the championship game, we had to win ours. If you don't win it, you're not there. So I didn't care who we were playing next. It was who we were playing right then that mattered more than anything. So it, it didn't matter if we were, if we got to the championship game and it was UCLA or if it was Kansas State. Still wouldn't matter. You're the next group. You're the next game. Fred, in, in a flip-flop sort of way, th- this team kind of was, was like the 98 team in that the 98 team was so defense-oriented and this past year, it was so mm-hmm. offense-oriented. And and the one game in particular that I thought, well, I mean, I guess we could say Kentucky too, but uh, the one game that I thought that uh, Tennessee's defense really bailed them out was that Pitt game earlier mm-hmm. in the season. Mm-hmm. I was just running through my head. I can't remember the offense ever having to bail you guys out. It's not that they didn't play well at times, don't get me wrong, but I don't remember a situation because your defense was so good in which the offense – it was up to them to make plays or you weren't winning. I don't remember that game happening. I I, I have a hard time remembering something like that right now myself. Um, defensively, we did pretty well on our, in our games. Um, I mean, that, over the years, I know they felt – I felt like they did a few things, but we were really good on defense back then. That was one of the things that, you know, they always say defense is better early, you know, than it is late. Um, in the season, but I felt like we had some really good teams, a lot of talent on defense, and the game was played at a different pace back then. It's faster and all that type of stuff now, but it was a little bit different for us back then. Defensively, we had a lot of speed on the field. I guess there were drives, like if we want to say this late Syracuse drive, if we want to say the Arkansas drive, but of course, yeah. what set that up. Mm-hmm. There weren't games. There weren't entire games. So yeah, 
Um, I know you got to get back to work. I am so, so looking forward to working with you on a regular basis. We got all kinds of things we're going to uh, put out there. And we didn't get a chance to talk about the NFC and AFC championship game, man. I got a few more minutes. If you got time, let's do it. So what did, <laughs> what did, what did you, what did you think of the games? Uh, what did you think of the games yesterday? Um, I, I got a phone call actually at one point where the 49ers said, Hey, is there any chance you could play quarterback? Because <laughs> they, were, they were completely out. Um, man, that was, that yeah. was, I felt, I, I hate the 49ers. I hate the Eagles. I don't feel sorry for either team. But I almost felt sorry for being an offensive coordinator in that position. You're lining up Christian McCaffrey and then Brock Purdy, who looks like he just got his elbow hit by a train. You know, I I picked the Eagles. One reason why I picked the Eagles to win, and I, I think the San Francisco 49ers had a great defense, but they didn't have enough on offense. Even with Purdy, I didn't think they had an opportunity to win it. Um, but on defense, the Eagles had 75 sacks this season. And that's a lot of sacks in the season. And if you can get to the quarterback this late in the season, playoffs like this, a lot of times your, your team is going to be the team that wins. And that's the one that – that's why I picked the Eagles to win it anyway. And I don't think either team that's on the other side has an opportunity to beat the Eagles. That's my opinion. Um, but I did pick Cincinnati to win it. I like Joe Burrows. I know a lot of people don't like him, but I, I like Joe Burrows. He's been my fantasy football quarterback for the last couple of years, and we've won a few championships. So, you know, <laughs> I'll take him. <laughs> um, but, and I like his, he got a lot of weapons. Um, those weapons they have, you know, T. Higgins, guy from Knoxville area, um, been watching their kids since high school, really good player. Chase. Boyd always shows up sometimes. You know, you got three guys you can get the ball to, and you got Hurst at tight end, and running back Joe Mixon. Pretty good, you know, a lot of weapons to get to. The one thing he doesn't have, though, is offensive line. No, still. How did that not get better from last year? I, I, I don't understand that either. I don't understand that either. But for the, the Kansas City Chiefs won. They won the game, and you can never count out, you know, Mahomes, he, he's one of the best to ever do it. He shows you every week. Even though injured, regardless, he makes some throws that some people just can't make. Um, he makes some things happen that some people just can't make. He's one of the best to ever do it, in my opinion. Um, but going forward with those two teams, I still see the Eagles winning because of their pass rush. I think Chris Jones does a really good job in the middle for Kansas City. But Jalen Hurts, I'm excited. I'm happy for that kid for more than one reason. Amen. How he got done when he was at Alabama. He wins the national championship. Then the next week, next year, he gets pulled from the championship game. Going Goes to Oklahoma and, you know, does pretty well there. Everyone's saying he's not a quarterback. Eh, he's in the Super Bowl now as a quarterback with a, a legit chance to win the MVP of the league. So – you look at the games they lost, he didn't play in two of those games. So, I mean, I think he's done a really good job. I like him as a football player. He's an SEC guy. Even though he went to Alabama, I still like watching my SEC guys do well in the NFL. I like him. I'm, I'm rooting for him because of everything he went through to get to where he's going. So, I'm going to go with those Eagles. Even though I'm not an Eagles fan, nowhere near it, 
I'm a Falcons fan, but my team is sitting on the <laughs> sitting on the couch watching the game like me. So, <laughs> Fred, it's it's funny you brought up T. Higgins, um, and you know he, if it wasn't for the disaster era of the Butch Jones tenure, you know you could have oh. had Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins, Amari Rogers all in Knoxville. Um, what? Von Bell, oh, yeah. Ramsey. <laughs> what? <laughs> but. Just for I'm trying to think about this because you know Trevor Lawrence won a national championship at Clemson throwing the T Higgins in 2018. What would that have looked like in Josh Heupel's offense? Trevor Lawrence throwing the T Higgins. Records on top of records on top of records. That's what I see. I, I like what we have now on offense. I like that. <laughs> Somebody just said loud. In the text box over there. <laughs> <laughs> I will not call him Butch. I'll call him Lyle. <laughs> His mama named him Lyle. I'm going to call him Lyle. <laughs> I think he did a horrible job of keeping our in-state guys in-state. Um, but I would have loved to have saw that. However, I look at what we have coming up. Um, I like I like Joe. I like Joe Milton and what he has offered with this offense, but I also like Nico and I've saw his I've seen his arm strength and talent and I'm impressed by what I see. I like to see him put on about 25, 30 pounds. But <laughs> I'm excited to see what we have coming in in this offense. I, I I like to say what ifs, you know, if we had saw those things at Tennessee. I think we have a chance to be just as good, if not better, than what that era was based on our offense, based on the trajectory that we're going on. Now is just time to get in the linemen, the defensive linemen. That's the one thing we've been hurting on for years. I think that that kind of started during the Derek Dooley era when they didn't sign any linemen in the whole season. And that I think we've been behind ever since then. Um, but now I think getting those right pieces in on the defensive side will help us on that side of it. But the offense – I have all <laughs> respect and still excited about what Josh can do. I watched him make so many plays, get people open just by calling the right plays, um, scheming, those type of things. I'm happy and excited to see what they can do. And I think they could be on the level, if not higher than what they did at Clemson with T. Higgins when he was there. I, I really wish he could have came to UT. However, the kid from Oregon gives us his size and speed. We got a quarterback that can get it to him. I I, I like what I see out of Nico a lot. Uh, portions of the program brought to you by Viles Automotive Group right there on Callahan, the epicenter of car buying. They have the great selection. They have the great prices. They want, they need, and they appreciate your business and also a service department that will do exactly what needs to be done to your car, not add on other things. Viles Automotive Group on Callahan. I remember going to practice. I guess this was my first time in 96, and I just saw this ball fly through the air, and naturally I thought, well, that that must have been Peyton Manning because it was one of the most beautiful deep balls I've ever seen in person in my life. To that point, definitely in my life. Uh, it turned out to be T. Martin. What, what kind of fit would he be in this Josh Eiffel offense? I don't think T ever got a chance to like open it up all the way. Right. I don't think they opened up the offense for him the entire time he was at UT. The only time I think we opened it up was the 1998 national championship game. 
and we we went deep on Florida State. That was the most open I felt like he had opportunity to be. And he had that game against South Carolina where he hit, was it 23 or 24 or something like that. But, like, having an opportunity in an offense like this, the way he threw the deep ball, he would light it up in this offense, in my opinion. Be huge. Yes. Be huge. Absolutely. Yeah, d- deep ball, uh, just be fantastic. He, um, And it does lead me to this. So, I think in some ways Joe Milton has similar type of talent than than T, and I think there are a lot of similarities there. But I want to ask you as a teammate, because um, people have told me, because I, I, I really believe, based off what I hear and, and using my own eye, that at some point in the season, Nico will take over the starting job. I may be wrong. I've been wrong a lot. But I just believe it. I, I think the ball pops out of his hand. I think there's something special there. And that's not a knock on Joe at all. I think they would be just fine if Nico wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's that's where I stand on that. And a lot of people have written me. And one of the things that they have said is, and I've I've had players tell me that they they are they love Joe and he's one of their their favorites. Mm-hmm. That being said, as a competitor, Fred, if a guy comes in and wins a job, freshman or not, and you you have one of your your team favorites. That, that loses the job, is there any pushback from the team if the younger guy just is better or as a player do you just say, man, he's just better? That's the way things go. It depends. I think we had a situation like that a few years back. I think when Coach Fulman was still the head coach and we had um, – what is his name? From California, his brother. Rick transferred Clawson. In from Rick Clawson. And then there was Eric Gaines. Mm-hmm. Eric Gaines had all the intangibles, for sure. Stronger arm, taller quarterback, those type of things. But the guy who had to beat on the team was Clawson. He brought you back from a couple of games and won, and that was – everyone on the team kind of wanted that guy to be the leader because he was the leader. I think you go with a leader regardless. Um I watched when Clemson had a situation, when Trevor Lawrence became the quarterback. I can't remember the guy's name that was the quarterback. But that game, there was a game they were playing against um, Georgia Tech, and he had four interceptions in the first half, and they were down to Georgia Tech. In comes Trevor Lawrence in the second half. Well, late second quarter, scored a touchdown right before half, and then came back in the third quarter and threw two more touchdowns and threw a fourth touchdown in the fourth quarter to win the game. It was over with for the other kid at that point. Kelly Trevor Bryant. Lawrence became Kelly Bryant was his name. Ke- it was yeah. Trevor Lawrence became the quarterback after that. A lot of times, everybody on the team loved Kelly Bryant. He was the leader. It just so happened in that game, Trevor showed that he was a better quarterback and became the starter from that point forward. If that's how you win the temp, if that's how you win the spot, if you win it outright mm-hmm. in, in camp. Whoever's the best player on the field, I want to be on the field, regardless. But then, as a veteran guy on the team, we always looked at guys and said, okay, you might be talented, but when the going gets tough, I want this guy. Prime example, we had Joe, uh, we had John Henderson and Albert Hainsworth come in as freshmen, and when the game was on the line, I wanted Billy Ratliff and Darwin Walker. Nothing against Albert Hainsworth and John Henderson, they were just young, and sometimes they may not have understood the situation, right? Having my veteran guys in made, made, a, made a difference. 
because I know y'all been battle tested. I know what you can do. So don't be sitting on the sideline. I need you on the football field. Uh, don't make me call a timeout to come over to the sideline and get you because we will. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember looking up in the – I remember being in the Nebraska game in the Fiesta Bowl my senior year, and I look up, and <laughs> I know these guys. I love my guys. Now, don't get me wrong. But Rashad Moore, Ed Butler were playing D-tackle. Two young guys. It's third and six. I called a timeout. I remember Coach Chavis screaming on the telephone, like, what are you doing? Hey, I'm not going out here on third and six. And I got these two guys in my defensive tackles. So, Sean Ellis, Billy Radliff, y'all better get – I don't care how hurt you are. You better get in the game. I need you in the game. Because if not, I walk back out there and I'm on the football field and those two freshmen are still out there. Guess what's going to happen? I'm calling timeout again. So I need to figure this out. You need to figure it out real fast. How many times, how many times did you call a timeout in your career? About five or six. Yeah. Yeah. I called a timeout against um, – you go back and watch the game. We're playing against Syracuse. And I look up. And I. this is a true story. True story. Some of these guys, first time really playing, right? My first year as a starter – but I just remember looking, and all the guys are passing out or falling out or getting IVs, and I'm on the sideline. I'm on the field, and it's like third and eight, and Pooh Bear's at D-Tackle. I, I can't remember his real name. Eric Kendrick yeah. is at Tackle. I got Dominique Stevenson in that linebacker, Sean Johnson at linebacker. There's a few other guys I can't remember their names on Put it like this, Don Walker, Billy Ratliff, and Sean Ellis were all on the foot. They were all on the sideline. So we called a timeout. I called a timeout to make that happen. I called a timeout to make that happen simply because that was – I'm not going on the football field with these guys right now in this moment. I need some dogs on the field. Not saying those guys weren't dogs. Some of those guys turned out to be big dogs. However – I needed the big dogs that were the dogs at that moment on my field. Great. Stuff. We so. got to stop. They kicked the field goal. They scored a touchdown on that drive. We probably lose the game. So, yeah, I did call a timeout. That is good. That's good. <laughs> so, Fred, again, if people are in the uh, – anywhere in Georgia, but the Atlanta uh, area in particular, uh, how do they get in a hold of you for great insurance via Allstate? And my wife texted me. And uh, she said, I am listening and I'm not happy. So my wife works for insurance, but I'm funneling leads to Fred. I'm in two different states. I'm in Georgia. You're in Tennessee. But, oh, we can't, we're not competing. Good point. There we go. We're not competing. We're clean. So if yeah. you're in Georgia, come see me. <laughs> you can you can reach us at fredwhiteallstate.com. Go online there. And we can get you a quote that way. Or you can give us a call at 770-381-0367. Again, that is fredwhiteallstate.com. And also, our phone number, 770-381-0367. Trust me, you'll be in good hands. My office, we try our best to do a good job for our clients and make sure everyone is taken care of. Regardless of whether you just have questions or you need a quote, give us a call. Right, we got we got big stuff coming up. We're looking forward to Fred. Uh, it's it's great to reconnect. Uh, 
I look forward to uh, hanging out with you. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe sometime I'll come down and see you and I won't bring Austin Price. <laughs> I'm not telling that story. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fred. <laughs> Have a good one, Dave. Fred, bye. See you later, Fred. With the uh, <laughs> balls back in the late 90s. Yeah, we went and scouted out Eric Berry. I think I told you that story, right? Don't think uh, you did. Yeah, we. Uh, so me, Austin, and Fred went down to watch uh, Eric Berry's last game as a, uh, uh, a high school senior. And, um, you know, so uh, um, let's just say that uh, uh, Austin um, uh, just decided to be cocky at one point. And Fred uh, quickly reminded him that one of one of the three of us was an elite athlete that could beat all of our rear ends if we needed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> about as deep as I can get into it. Uh, Caleb Giroux, we're looking for a celebrity battle uh, with uh, Fred White, who's one of the toughest dudes I've ever been around. But you're young. Are, are you in? Oh, let's do it. I don't care. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> no, you do. That's <laughs> not a dude that I wanted to, <laughs> we'd want to tumble with. All right, go ahead and click that like button. We've got new people joining on, so we want to do that. And we are going to talk some uh, football recruiting as Tennessee with a huge weekend. So be sure and share it, like it, subscribe if you haven't already. Portions of the program brought to you by Zool Beer Company, xulbeer.com. Zulbeer.com, great parking downtown. And you don't hear that a lot in worldwide award-winning craft beer, zulbeer.com. They're awesome. Jackie saying looking sharp, Caleb. It's like uh, you got a fan out there. Well, that's nicer than I'm trying to go back down, but there was a comment earlier. I believe it was either Travis or I believe it was Travis who says that I look like I yes, Travis. I am freshly shorn. Caleb looks 13. Come on, bro. Come on. You know what? You know what? At at 34 years old, if I look 13 now, I'm taking the win. So <laughs> Yeah, I got I got a bit of a boofy haircut, which didn't shape it right. So you can see I got the bangs shooting up like it's uh, some sort of volcano. So I'm trying to get that worked on uh, later today. But no, I definitely between the three of us, uh, Calhoun wins the uh, good looking award. But Jackie, <laughs> I have to go ahead and tell you that Calhoun uh, is married and happily married. So um, be careful there. Um, I still remember a caller on Sports Talk. Uh, saying that John Wilson, who, I don't know, maybe the voice of the Vols one day. I think he's fantastic on Sports Talk every afternoon in Knoxville. And I uh, said, uh, your voice is uh, so incredible, it makes me quiver. And then for a couple of weeks, John, John's nickname was Quivers until we stopped that because he didn't appreciate it. So there you go. Maybe maybe Caleb's nickname. Uh, what's, Ka- what's, what's, what's Calhoun's nickname right now looking all handsome? Suave? Maybe Mr. Suave. It looks good. Jackie says she's married too. So I don't know. If you want to like, you guys want to do the whole uh, Ashley Madison thing? Is that what that is? Where you can like pay $2,500 and you're guaranteed to have uh, an affair or something like that? I already work with a hooker daily. So. (laughs) And if a website has a $2,500 guarantee that you can have an affair on your spouse, doesn't that mean that that's a prostitution service? Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jaru, I, I think they're 
I think you can pretty much guarantee that for $2,500 in a lot of places, especially Amsterdam. Oh, oh wow, Dave. Jackie is a mess. <laughs> so, all right. Now, that brings up a whole slew of other questions, which I should <laughs> dig into, but I'm not going to. Um, ja Ruth, a big, huge weekend for the balls. And I'm sorry to keep you this long. I just love uh, talking to Fred. Uh, recruiting update brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. Go there, fill out the form, call the number, and know that with andymasonrealestate.com, you'll get a uh, service with over 40 years of experience. And that's how long Andy Mason's been doing it, along with his crew there. You'll get the best prices and the best service. Let's talk some recruiting. And uh, Jaru, you had a story on a five-star young man that appeared uh, very interested in the balls. What can you tell me? Yeah, so uh, five-star defensive lineman Cameron Frank- Franklin, excuse me, was in Knoxville this weekend. And a lot of these junior days, especially this one, it seemed like the common trend was the coaches are trying to let these prospects know where they fit in Tennessee's system. So Franklin said that was his favorite part of the visit was he got to sit down with Rodney Gardner, Tennessee's defensive line coach, and he said they talked football, and he showed him, like, where he would line up and how he would play in Tennessee's system if he ended up evolved. And he ended up showing him he'd be kind of like what he does in high school now, a strong side, defensive end, and kind of all over the place in their scheme. But he said he really enjoyed Tennessee. He plans on coming back either for the spring game or a spring practice. And he got to sit in Thompson Bowling Arena. And they also introduced Tennessee's 2023 early enrollees at the game on Saturday. So he got to see just how much love Tennessee fans have for some of these recruits and these football guys so he said that the fans were amazing the atmosphere was amazing and he really liked knoxville good stuff what other names should we be aware of that were in town over the weekend that the balls may have a good shot at so bryce young was another five star he's listed as an edge rusher and it seems like most people peg him as a notre dame lean but tennessee he said he enjoyed knoxville he talked to uh, ryan callahan he said he enjoyed knoxville and also like i said with Franklin it seems like the common trend with these guys is everybody they're telling all these prospects how they fit in Tennessee system so there's really no secrets with Josh Heifel's coaching staff it's hey they're not lying to these recruits or doing anything like that they're telling them exactly what they would expect when they get to Tennessee and how they would play so really at that point it's up to them if they want to take on that role when they get to Tennessee and another guy that I think is very important for Tennessee is George McIntyre he's a sophomore but he was at the junior day this weekend so he's a class of 2025 quarterback out of Brentwood Academy, 6'5", 178. And it seems like um, Tennessee might be competing with Vanderbilt for him. His grandfather was a coach at Vanderbilt, and he's a Nashville guy coming out of Brentwood. But he watched film with Joey Hosley, and like I said before, it just seems like everybody, the coach's main goal this weekend was to show these kids that are visiting what their role would be at Tennessee if they were to come to be a ball. So – I really think that the Vols are in good with him. It's early in his recruitment, like we said, for Tennessee, especially at this point in their program. It's very important that they get in early with some of these kids. So he's one that they're in early with, and I like their chances with McIntyre. Great stuff. So, uh, again, the the stories that you can check out on offthehooksports.com for the latest in recruiting. And uh, do, do you know what the – the plan is upcoming because next week you have national signing day, which really isn't anymore. And I was told by somebody in the administration that, um, you know, national signing day is, uh, 
they might not, they probably will not sign a person unless there's a surprise. And so this, this weekend in the old schedule before the early signing period was, was really just to kind of wrap things up. They would, they would have uh, visitors in. This was the weekend that typically they'd have a lot of guys that were already committed and like maybe three or four highly rated guys that were deciding between top schools and try to pull them in via peer recruiting. But I, I, I'm not really sure, and you may not know either, and that's fine. I'm not really sure what they're doing this weekend because National Signing Day number two, part D, is really not much of anything anymore. Yeah, so National Signing Day this year actually falls on Wednesday. So right. really, they don't even – they didn't even try – like there weren't any class of 2023 kids here this weekend that I know of. So – it's kind of like they've just wrapped it up on this class, which realistically they're not in contention for anybody else in the class of 23. So the only things I would say to watch are South Carolina might pick up another big name recruit in Nicole's Harbor, which SEC wise and South Carolina picking up steam recruiting is never good for Tennessee. And then Georgia is in contention for their uh, fifth, no sixth five-star, excuse me. I'm pretty sure off the top of my head. And that's Deuce Robinson and Nico Deuce Robinson participated in the Polynesian Bowl with Nico and he was trying to recruit him telling him to take his last visit to Tennessee but I think Tennessee's coaching staff lost out on that battle probably six seven months ago they just can't can't keep up with the Georgias and the Texases and even right now Oregon seems to be picking up steam on the recruiting trail so those are the, the only thing for Tennessee to watch this signing day would really be where the recruiting ranking falls if they remain in the top 10 or if they do fall out to 11 or 12. But as for big names, it seems that um, South Carolina and Georgia are in contention for some guys in the SEC. And then I think Oregon, looking nationally, is poised to have a very good national signing day, which really is not even a – it's really not even the national signing day anymore. No, it's not. So, uh, go ahead. Sorry, Kelly. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say uh, I want to jump in on the George McIntyre story because I would – looking at the timeline, it seems like he would be the heir apparent to Nico, obviously. Um but everything I've read about him says he's a lot more of a pure dropback passer um, and not as much mobility. And I feel like with Hypo system, you need that extra layer of mobility to really maximize what you can do. Uh, do you know anything about that? Is that a concern right now for the coaching staff? From what I've seen, I don't think so. But I have, from watching clips of him on Twitter, I have seen what you're talking about. He's more of a, you know, he reminds me more of like a Peyton Manning guy. And even though Peyton Manning had that mobility, you wouldn't really classify him as a dual threat quarterback. You know, he was six, Peyton Manning was six six. McIntyre comes in at six five, so he's going to be more of your bigger guy, sitting in the pocket and dropping back. But Joey Halsley, and obviously he has good credibility with training quarterbacks and knowing what a good quarterback is. He's very very high on McIntyre, and with the state of the quarterback room for Tennessee, I think they're probably going to go all in on McIntyre, and then just have him be the heir apparent to Nico. And I, and McIntyre is highly ranked and in the state of Tennessee. He hasn't gained as much national attention yet, but he's still a sophomore in high school. So, I mean, that's going to come with time. Let's let's play a little game here. Everybody take uh, three seconds and think about what is the most important aspect that when Tennessee evaluates a quarterback, they want to see. What physical trait do they most want to see? Because you mentioned Peyton Manning. You said he had mobility, which is not true. His shoes are tied together when he runs. But but he, he did have good – he had really, really good pocket mobility um, and pocket awareness. So what is number one 
on the list of things do you think Tennessee looks at when they evaluate uh, prospective quarterbacks? So I'm going to ask uh, both of you that brought to you by Craft Treats. Craft Treats, go to crafttreats.com, and you can get the chill pills that will take care of your dog's anxiety. It will take care of your dog's arthritis. It will take care of even your dog's digestive issues thanks to CBD properties. That is crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. That's off the hook and get 20% off. How cool is that? Again, the promo code off the hook. And uh, by the way, Smokey saying Caleb looking sharp looks like a young Tommy Lee Jones. Huh. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's say this look into the camera, Caleb, and, and say this. Uh, I, I, I just say, I don't care. I didn't kill my wife. I'm sorry. I'm I'm young, Dave. I'm not sure of the reference. It's the fugitive. Just say I don't, just really stern look right. At You're the- not going to get me recorded on YouTube. That's going to be out there forever saying that for <laughs> <laughs> from the fugitive. Tommy Lee Jones goes. I don't care. But anyway, all right. So number one thing that Tennessee looks at, you think, from a quarterback perspective when they're evaluating the young man, Jaru, is I would it have to be accuracy. I mean. Josh Heifel's offense, the wide receivers are wide open. So it's not like you have to read very much or even be like the smartest quarterback on earth. But if you can't hit the wide open wide receiver that doesn't have a defender within five yards of him, it doesn't matter. So I think their Joey Hosley's biggest thing would just be like, can he put the ball on a guy who's wide open or running down the field? So I'd have to say accuracy is probably number one. Especially when you look at like Hendon Hooker, he didn't miss very many passes i mean he had very little interceptions and when when jalen hyatt was streaking down the field wide open uh hendon hooker was putting it in the basket for him so i i was gonna you kind of sort of stole mine i was gonna say deep ball accuracy because it it opens things up underneath calhoun how about you yeah i was literally gonna say deep ball accuracy i was really just gonna say deep ball because honestly i think deep ball more than accuracy we saw that's why hypo was willing to go with joe milton last year ahead of Hendon Hooker because no one would have said deep ball accuracy with Joe Milton at the time. They would have just said deep ball. Um, and I remember, and remember he started drew lock at Missouri who was really just about the deep ball. Because again, if you can throw the deep ball, like, like we talk about the receivers are going to be open. There will be 10 plays in a game where receivers are wide open down the sidelines and have everybody beat. And all the quarterback has to do is hit three of them. And those are three touchdowns immediately. And so I would say the ability to throw the deep ball, I brought up T. Martin. We brought up T. Martin, how he would have thrived in the system. Another guy who I think would have thrived, Dave, funny enough, Jaru, a little bit before your time, is Jonathan Crompton. Um, Crompton, I will never forget the LSU game. The one thing he did well was he had a beautiful deep ball. Remember, they were just like, throw it up to Robert Meacham when Eric Haines was hurt. <laughs> um, I was going to say deep ball accuracy, so you guys kind of stole that. But in the course of doing that, I would have changed my mind anyway. I'm, I'm going to say Smoky Mountain Red said uh, quick decision-making. I'm just going to say get the ball out quick. I think that's a combination of your mechanics, your fundamentals of getting to just zap, getting the ball out, not having a wind up, which I think Joe Milton has a little bit of a hitch in his delivery, but everybody's going to say, I hate Joe Milton. I don't. Um, I think get, whether it's decision-making or the mechanics of getting the ball quickly, getting the ball out quickly, I think kind of those two things. I remember reading about Dan Marino's dad used to make him stand um, with his back against uh, the, the barn so that he couldn't bring his arm back further than 90 degrees. And that's how he learned to get the ball out so quick. So he could only he could only bring the ball back to a certain point. I'm trying to do this on video. So <clears throat> on our audio platforms, we're struggling a little bit. 
But yeah, that was one of the reasons he got the ball out so quick. Dad would make him practice with the back against the barn so he couldn't bring his arm back the whole way. So that th- those two things, quick decision making, fundamentally getting the ball out quick, I would say are number one. And I think ever, I, I think Hooker did that. I think I think Nico will do that. Uh, I think Joe Milton is is not bad, but if if Hooker and Nico were a ten on that scale, I think Joe's more along the lines of a seven. Let's put it that way. All right, gentlemen. Uh, Fantastic job today. Jaru's been working the phones, running down recruits. So you can check that out on uh, offthehooksports.com. We will see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock as we do each and every day for the Caleb's. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.